guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. One quick announcement. We are going to be doing a headcanons episode. And we need your help. We need you to send in your what if headcanon questions to us. We've already received some really great questions over on Patreon, and we are just asking for some more. So you can email those to us, and we'll give you about another week or two, so another episode or two to get those over to us. Okay, we're going to attempt a season four (laughs) recap, but let me just tell you, season four is one you really have to, you'd have to binge watch the whole season in one day in order to do a recap of this one. (laughs) No, for real. I mean, kind of like... All, all the seasons, you start one place and then they take you down this crazy rabbit hole. Right. But I mean, like four really get you going. In this one, like everybody's going in some crazy yeah. direction. They really gave purpose to every single character mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, like, they, I mean, yeah, gave a lot of justice to all the to all the characters. And yeah, because before, like some people might have little things going mm-hmm. on or like an episode or two where they have things going on. But right. Yeah, for the most part, like everybody in the season was, on was a doing something. Yes, they yeah. were on a journey doing something. <laughs> I mean, literally everyone. Ted had his whole journey, his recovery journey, getting back good with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Emmett coming through his stuff and um, then, then going through the whole Drew mm-hmm. and really figure out who he was and just getting his flame back and things of that nature. Michael, Ben, and Hunter, we already know that that road that yeah. they're working on and their, their things, their, their struggles they were going through. Plus, you have Michael and, and Justin doing the Hollywood thing, right? Uh, which is huge. And then definitely, you know, the infamous Brian and uh, the, the cancer yeah, trip. Yeah, so. and then you've got Melanie Lindsay mm-hmm. and, and the, yeah. Uncle Vic. I mean, Uncle, just, yeah. it's a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. And yeah. so we will just see what all we can put together yeah. from, from all of that. But we'll start a little, maybe in an easier, in an easier place. We'll see. I had a friend send in some, like, what are some thoughts and some questions or whatever you want us to kind of look at? And so she sent me a few. And so one thing that she sent in, I'm going to tweak this question, though, but she sent in your, as of season four, your current favorite character, which I'm not going to answer that because everybody knows my favorite character. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't a, think yours it's changed. A, it's a two-way tie, mm-hmm. and, like, there's nothing on earth or in the depth below or in the heavens above that can ever change that for me so so i'm not gonna answer that one but i can i can talk about my favorite i guess guest or recurring character from okay. this season but okay do you have a who are emmett. your current favorites yeah emmett is my current favorite <laughs> yeah i live for emmett i love how how free he is mm-hmm. and how open he is and i mean he's just gonna live his best life to the fullest and he's not going to compromise himself. He's going to be Emmett. And yeah. that's what I respect. So, yeah, Emmett yeah. is definitely my my current favorite for sure. Well, since I have a two-way tie for number one, Emmett is number Emmett's number two for me. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> Come on up there. Yeah, em- yeah. Emmett is. What's up? I mean, they're all equally great. But exactly. something about him, it just it sits with me. Like, I literally see me in him, in mm-hmm. his character, in his personality. So bright and Well, fun. we can go into that question. So what character... And or storyline can you relate to the most? I mean, to be honest, I can relate to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I can relate to them all. But, I mean, it would be it would be Emmett. Just because, again, I, I love his personality. I see a lot of bit in me. He's high energy. He's fun. He's a loyal friend. I feel like he puts himself on a back burner for others. Just the way that he sacrificed himself to go on this journey with Ted to make sure Ted was good. 
um, how in um, season three he gave up all the money just so Ted's reputation would be great. How he helped Uncle Vic, and I think it was season one or two when the whole um, bathroom thing um, happened with the cop that was trying to lie on Vic. Yeah. I mean, how he's always there for people. And I think he puts himself on a back burner just to make others feel good. So, yeah, I'm, I definitely see me and Emmett a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you? Who do you, where do you see yourself? Well, you can't, I know who you love, but do you really see yourself in them? Not in. Not in straightforward ways. Okay. No. Yeah, I was like, uh-huh. Not at all. Let me find uh, out you in somebody's back room. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in straightforward ways, but some of their more, like, nuanced stuff. And in some of the things that they have to kind of work through and struggle through, that's where I more can relate to them. But as far as a storyline that I feel like I can relate to the most right now, just from season four, in a way, I would say kind of some Debbie, where it's like, okay, there's nobody else in life for you to take care of right now. And so you're at this weird place of saying, okay, now what are you going to do with your life? Right, yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a new beginning. It's yeah, scary. and so I was, I'm not a mom, of course, and so I wasn't like hovering over a child, but it's just like, okay, my career needs this from me or my family needs this from me or this organization I'm a part of needs this from me. And so a lot of that has kind of, those demands have calmed down. And so having to figure out, okay, what do I do with life now? Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, so I can me. relate to Debbie in in that. And now she was kind of more like forced into having to face it. And I'm at a spot where I'm likely getting to choose to face it. But I think that's probably where, where I am right now. Oh, that's a good one, though. Because no one, that that's a good one. Because we, I don't think we've ever chosen Debbie in something specific like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, so that was a good one. But actually, you know, knowing you, I can see now that you say that, I can see why she would resonate with you a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is a storyline you wanted to explore more or see more of hmm, from season four? From season four. Well, y'all already know. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I could have I could have held on to Drew and Emmett a little longer because I felt like he was developing some feelings. You know, mm-hmm. he was working through it. Maybe not as fast as, as Emmett needed him to work through those things, mm-hmm. but if they could have given it time, who knows? Maybe he would have had the courage. Maybe Emmett could have told him, like, listen, I'm not going anywhere. I love you. You love me. This straight man was driving all over the strip. Yeah. Looking for, I mean, who, <laughs> who's to say that he didn't have paparazzi behind him or whatever the case, you know? Yeah. But And you traveling all over. looking. yes, they can't see in the car, but they was waiting for you at your gate. When they saw you get into the car and they saw you driving to the area and they saw you surfing yeah. this house a million times. I feel like this man was jeopardizing himself. For a little hookup fling. No one does that for no strings attached. It's right. something else involved in that. So I think if we would have had a little bit more, Emmett could have worked his magic on him. Because, I mean, clearly he was working that magic on him, throwing that thing on him. <laughs> and, um, yeah. But I would love to see that. But on, on a real storyline, on a real one, for real. Like, I do love that. Don't get me wrong. But on a real one, I probably would want to see a little more of what's going on with Hunter and um, and Callie. That was deep. Yeah. With the parents being cool uh, with, with them seeing each other and the gay dads and then to find out that Hunter was positive and then how they just kind of cut things short and then how she threw, tossed him to the side too. Because we saw that happen, but we never saw him work through any emotions. We never saw him get sad. He immediately went on to the bike ride. He, he confronted her that one time at school, but we didn't get anything else after that. Like, are they still together? Are they going to yeah. work it out? Are they going to Romeo and Juliet it out? Like, I mean, yeah. was he able to plead his case to her and let her know exactly why what was going on? My mom kind of put me into this light. 
it's he could have gave her everything. They could have worked it out. I think she would have stayed if he if she would have had all the all the information. So I, I kind of would have seen like to see a little more with with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I feel like there's so many stories that they could have stretched out more or over more more episodes. Not all of them had to be. I feel like we got for the most part we got a- enough of right. each thing. But of course, you were just like mm, more of that, please. <laughs> with a lot of things. I kind of wish that Vic would have had, well, I don't know. I was going to say part of me wishes that Vic would have had more time no, kind we, of exploring this other life. But we'll talk about the ripple effect of what yeah, happened with exactly. Uncle Vic. We'll talk about that in a second. But I feel like that one really was, it did have to happen. It did have to happen, I'm sorry, right when it did. Right. Um, I could say more exploration of what was going on in Lindsay that led to the Sam thing. I would have liked at least like three more conversations about that from her, but because it just came from nowhere. Well, like, we didn't even know she was questioning herself. We didn't know until Sam showed up. We we've gotten hints before that this artist side of her, she was kind of suppressing that, but it was more so. But then we saw her; she was working at the gallery, and so we saw she was in the art world. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There it does it does feel like. Well, so, like, we knew that she wasn't fully content, but we didn't, I don't know, it just, I don't want to say it seems sudden, because they did build it up, but they built it up real fast. They yeah, built it up real fast. it, it, it went quickly. Is what, it, is mm-hmm. what happened. But then all everything got kind of muddy from there. So, <laughs> yeah, just a couple more conversations mm-hmm. about that would have been, would have been appreciated and would have been helpful and probably would have calmed a lot of the reaction to that storyline. Right. Because there's a, I'm learning a lot about the difference between the intention and the impact of something. And so the writers had an intention with that storyline and I've been able to kind of dig through that and kind of understand that, but the impact and how the audience viewed it, like that's where the issue came in. And so, you know, some, some additional conversations on that might've helped with the impact side. Um, What else? It just would have cleared things up. Yeah. I mean, it just, like you said, it happened very suddenly. Yeah. Um, They just, I mean, fast track that. Mm -hmm. So to see her go from one extreme to the next, it was just like, whoa, And then to be like, on? okay, forgive me and let's move on. Yeah. Like, it just all was kind of, The time periods, because the time frames were kind of, like, we don't know them. Right, so. the whole season was in six months. Yeah. And then the first part of that, they were all good and happy. Yeah. And so, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, ooh. Yeah. So that would have been kind of cool with Brian's cancer stuff. Like, I really feel like I personally didn't need to see Justin nursing him to know that it was happening. Right. Because we already know that's going to happen. Like, yeah. That's in Justin's nature. They we gave know. it to you in these other yeah. little things. Mm-hmm. When he went out trying to find the tea for him, yeah. when he's rubbing his shoulders, like they gave it to you in other ways. Yep. Making the soup. You yeah. Know. And then seeing him continuing to drink water or having sparkling water mm-hmm. because it's probably still dealing with nausea or whatever. Like I got to, there were enough small things to show me that this is kind of some ongoing recovery. Right. Another um, back to the original question. Another storyline. I want to know what actually happened to um, um, Cody. Like, yeah. like what happened after that? He's night, out Justin wreaking left. havoc yeah, somewhere. You know, the night that Justin finally was like, "I'm done. Like, I did what I needed to do." What happened to him? Just like disappeared. Like, is yeah. he still there? Is the pink posse yeah. still together? Like, I will attach that to this. Like, I would like to see more of. Yeah, more. I like to explore. Because we got a little bit of backstory from him, like yeah. what happened to him. We at understand, school, yeah, what happened to him, and then mm-hmm. with his dad for sure but just to i would have liked a little bit more from how he got to where that happened to how he got so militant minded exactly like what actually sent him down that path 
what training did it? Because the boy seemed like he was like a little, a little militia <laughs> him himself. You yeah, know? he's a one man army. Yeah, yeah, like it was crazy. But that storyline really made me think a lot, and it made me do a lot of research. And I looked up a lot of documentaries on how gay and lesbian men and women were treated in the eighties and in the nineties. I looked up a lot of stuff around like AIDS research and medication and and just all of that from the time. And so I am grateful for the education that I got from from that storyline. There were just some intricacies about that that I would have liked to explore a little bit more and to know where Cody went. Right. And it's funny that I'm gay and I never even knew the story of the Pink Posse. Like if it wasn't for this show, it wasn't for you, I would have had no idea. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. This show is just so amazing when it comes to the writing, how they mix real life and truth mm-hmm. into a, a show that's fictional. It gives you information that you didn't even know about. You can research it and find out things. Yeah, it's just wonderful. Just yeah. amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Even though so much happened, I do feel like it was tightly packed. Yeah, it was. You know, so a lot of stuff kind of influences other other things. And so I guess, so because of that, I don't really know where to start. <laughs> but I guess we'll start with, let's talk about some of the ripple effects of Uncle Vic's death. And before that, do you, I mean, we never want to lose our never. people we love in mm-hmm. a character. I mean, just like we never want to lose people in real life. But that's what happens in real life and on TV often. And... So I know that there are there are a lot of opinions about that was a wrong decision. They shouldn't have gotten rid of Uncle Vic. I know that some people, I'm not saying it's a majority or whatever, but I know some people probably feel that way. And I and I get that. I would have loved to see him around more, but what they were trying to do was like show the great ripple effect from True. what and, happens but, with Uncle Vic. Well, Uncle Vic, I also think that it did have to happen that way because this man had been living with it for at least twenty years. The fact that he had got those gotten those extra years and was able to live his best best life, that was giving hope just to the entire community. Like, hey, never give up. Keep fighting. You know, right. don't let this drug take you. I mean, don't let this disease take you out. You take it out. He 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 didn't live in sorrow. Like, he knew he had it. He knew what was going on. He knew that that his day his day could come anytime, just like our day could come anytime. But he knew that it's coming soon, so he's going to live his best. And that's what he did. So I wasn't, I mean, yes, I was sad and I was blown away that he was gone, but I understood why. Right. And now back to the ripple effect, clearly we know the major one, you know, how it affected Brian. I feel like if we didn't have Uncle Vic standing there in those creepy dreams, Brian, (laughs) (laughs) for real, like, I mean, though, that was Brian's guardian angel, really, like to give him that extra fight that he needed. It let him know that he is human, you know, and that you can't, yeah, you're human, things happen to you, but you can overcome it. That was a major one. Another one for me was how it affected Debbie. It let her know that you can never hold on to grudges. Life is too short. And also, I feel like it, it put love back in her heart. She was able to see that she didn't have to hover so much, or when you hover too much and you do too much in people's lives, you don't know how you're really affecting them. And then if you're doing something, it needs to come from the con. It's not so you can throw it back up in someone's faces as face because you don't know how that makes them feel. She suffered through that because that's what she did to Vic. She threw something up in his face. Although I know she didn't mean to do it in a negative way, but she kept saying that I did this for you. I did this for you. I did this for you. Mm-hmm. And it caused a big, big argument with them. Clearly he passed before they were able to reconcile everything. So I think that just changed her heart. Like, yo, it, life is precious. I have to act now. And I need to, I need to love on the ones that I love. And she has a lot of people she loved for. Debbie has the, the largest heart on the show. She cares for an entire community. Even when the gay community didn't want to care for the gay community. She was the only one out there advocating, really, uh, during season three for the new mayor, the run of the mayor. It was her who was forcing people to get out there and vote. She has a really large heart. 
So I think they kind of like woke her up, like using a different way. But that was for me. What about your ripples? Yeah, no, I agree with those. I think for Brian at the very beginning, Vic represented everything that Brian didn't want mm-hmm. and that he feared. Getting old, having some disease, like that's not what Brian wanted. But then him getting to come have that full circle moment by the end to be like, okay, I should be so lucky, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to to live to be that age in hopefully many more years, which is what Vic tells him many more years beyond that. Let's say Brian didn't. So, of course, the day that they find out Vic passed away, that's the night that Brian gets information about the um, the possible cancer or whatever. So let's say Uncle Vic dies, but Brian doesn't get cancer. Does he still have some ripple effect from Uncle Vic, do you think? Probably not. I don't, me personally, I don't think if Brian was, didn't have cancer, I don't think Vic would appear to him in those dreams in that way. No. So it wouldn't have been the same effect. No, exactly. Of course, with Vic's death, it's Brian having to face his own mortality and he can't get away from it. Even in his dreams, like Vic is still there. At the funeral, Brian says Vic did it right. He went out quick. And that was the wrong lesson for Brian to learn from Uncle Vic. But he kept that mindset for a while until he found this desire to stay and a will to fight for what he wants. And then Vic becomes a guide for Brian in that and not guiding him into that proverbial white light, but into what could be the next phase of his life if he wants it. (laughs) And all he has to do is let go of his fears and pride with that. So, yeah, I agree with your ripples as far as Brian and, and Debbie. I think that he needed to... And for for Debbie, for sure, because like that was going to be her next focus. Now, Michael was over there building, you know, building his thing. So I think Debbie would have held on to that grudge for a while. But because Vic loves his sister, I do think they would have made up. Ultimately, of course, they would have. But then she would have slipped right into being over there too much. And so it would have been the same thing. Right back to what it was. Yeah. So like. And so they still would have had this tension where it's like, Debbie, no, you need to go find. No, you're lame. You need to go find you a life. Because Rodney was not going to have that shit. Yeah. Rodney was not. He was like, (laughs) okay, I love your sis and everything, but um, baby, this is our spot. Yeah. And so I feel like she was making herself a full life. She was thinking that her life was full because Vic was there in it. And then she's like, okay, yeah, Rodney, you can come in here and do this thing with us. But she didn't realize that there was actually room for her to do her own thing and to have someone else like Carl or whatever, whoever. And so, yeah, I definitely think that was the ripple effect for for Debbie and then even Melanie and Lindsay. So if you think about when they were leaving the the graveside and they all have these little moments with things that they that they say mm-hmm. and Melanie and Lindsay, they say it's a reminder that people still die from from this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what galvanized Melanie with the Liberty Ride stuff right. because she she was very active. And getting that off the ground. Like she's been involved this whole time. Right. But we didn't really see her active, active. Yeah, like, that. like leading mm-hmm. something. And so she her and Ben were kind of leading this. And with Hunter, of course, this is his first time. He was it was a wake up call for him. Yeah. 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 And so it kind of made him face some things that he had been avoiding or afraid of. Yeah. yeah. Which allowed Ben to step in and kind of encourage and comfort encourage him, him because he knows exactly you're going through some similar things. I'm, I'm able to talk you through it, help right. you through, especially being young. So it was good. I mean, not good that Hunter had to see it, but since Hunter is going through something similar, it was good to see like, hey, we're not going to be afraid of this. We're going to attack this straight on, you know, because yeah. if we just sweep it under the rug, you're not going to take your meds. You're not going to be healthy. You're not going to eat right. You're right. not going to work out. 
So that's why it's important for you. All these things yes. that I've been telling you to do. Like, exactly. This and not to scare him into it, but just like, hey. It's true. Yes, there's a part of your life that you have no control over, but the parts that you do have control over, here's why it's important to take that control seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it needed to be seen. Yeah. And then with Emmett, that's what made him go ahead and read Ted's letter because mm-hmm. he, you know, he gave it back, wasn't yeah. going to read it at all. Even after Blake gave it to him, he still hadn't read it. But after listening to Debbie talk about that missed opportunity to make things right and to reconcile and to offer and receive forgiveness, that's what made Emmett go to his room and read that letter and start that journey back to to healing for himself, but also with him and with him and Ted. And then Justin's just kind of on a perpetual journey. And so I think what he appreciated about about Vic's life is Vic was always proud of who he was and he was a gay man and he owned that and he lived that way in everything that he did and Justin kind of already does that I think that was just like yeah okay and that's what I want to be true of me that's the kind of life that I want to live and so in much smaller ways I guess we see the ripple effect of that with him also I mean I think he was always going to give that speech that he gave in Marty's office when he was in Hollywood (laughs) but it's just kind of that like yeah, this is that's what I want to be known for too. That's what I want to be said of me that yeah. I stood up for who I am, and how I live my life. Absolutely, and yeah, I mean Justin was always going to say that. We we Justin at seventeen would have said it versus Justin oh, yeah. at twenty or twenty one, <laughs> whatever the age is he is now. Yeah, but um, yeah, he that's that's and Justin mm-hmm. like that's why I fell in love with that character season one. Yeah. Is of how how bold and I, I think I said that a lot in season one. He's just so brave and bold. That never changed. It grew mm-hmm. over the years. So, But also for Justin, maybe in him saying Vic was gay before it was cool, that's him acknowledging that he's standing on the shoulders of Vic's generation and the generations that came before that. And knowing that to them, the idea of a gay superhero movie was nothing, not a thing at all. And now he knows that he has that opportunity. And so I think that's just another reason why he takes it so seriously. Again. He was always going to take it seriously, but now Justin can see the generations that went into this. What are some favorite scenes from this season? Some favorite? Well, Lindsay showing me um, Sam's beef. <laughs> you will always be grateful <laughs> to yes, her I was for grateful that. for that. You know, he was a scumbag, but it was it was. You know, she she did him justice on that. In the, pain, in the she, painting. This in the is painting, but this yeah. is before yeah, they crossed yes. too many lines. Yeah. I mean, clearly some lines had already been crossed. Probably, I didn't care but... about the sex scene because he was a scumbag. I just wanted to see, yeah. you know, what he had going on because Lindsay, I, I really didn't want Lindsay to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't like I yes, I want Emmett to go out here and be living his best life, but I didn't want that for Lindsay. Right. But yeah. Favorite scenes of that. I love Justin in the office in Hollywood, how he mm-hmm. just ran that room. That that was fantastic. I love the the last scene when Michael and Brian comes around that corner and Brian yeah. is like, I can't do it. I'm giving up. And no, and everybody's cheering him out. Yeah, I'm about to cry right now. Mm-hmm. That was that was moving. Everybody let him do it, do do it for him. You mm-hmm. know, like, no, don't go over it. And the way and the way Justin was so concerned, like he was gonna go get his baby. Yeah. He was gonna save him, okay? And David was like, nah, let him do it. Like he's gonna do it for himself. It that scene right there was a lot. And they waited for hours and they clapped them up they clamped them in like that was just i don't know that's probably my favorite scene of the entire (laughs) the entire season everything drew i loved um seeing carl come back and get debbie Mm -hmm. loved i don't know so much uh i liked 
Brian facing oh, Joan in his office. I really like that one. Okay, I'm going to blend this because we're going to do scenes and dialogue. Yes. But some of it is because of the dialogue that I love the scene. The chicken soup thing is With one of Justin. my favorites. Yeah, because I think when we talked about that, like that's one of it's probably their most honest conversation mm-hmm. up to that point. I liked Emmett talking to Drew before he leaves for the last time. Yeah, the hotel room where it's like. I understand that works for you, but this is where I'm at right now, mm-hmm. and that doesn't work for me. Exactly, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I liked when Emmett goes to Ted after he reads his letter, and they have an honest conversation about their friendship, where it's like, you hurt me, and so I wanted you to hurt, but I'm trying to move past that. Right. And so that was there was Yeah, and there was just something about that honesty and that vulnerability and that rawness of going back to a friend and having that conversation that... You didn't ever have to have that if you didn't if you chose not to. Exactly. <laughs> but just to say, I still care about this person and I don't know what future or forward looks like for us, but just to reconcile where we are right now, I'm gonna go do this. Mm-hmm. There were so many good so ones. Much. I, I know. feel like Every, I'm having I mean, a hard time. I mean, time. I am. I can't yeah. just pinpoint anything, but I mean, because everything was so good. There was not one bad episode. Yeah, I know there's a lot of I'm missing. I know. I know. I, I know. know. There are a million. And yes. I feel like it's probably because I have a million favorites. I know. That's the issue. <laughs> it's just like, put on season, put on episode one, hit play, and then all the way to the end. Of- yes. Well, guys, this is when we need y'all help, okay? Refresh us. What's y'all's favorites, okay? Because yeah. when, when we hear y'all, we like, oh, yeah, we yeah, love like, that. Oh, we love That's that the one. one. Yeah. That's the one. So when you guys hear this, y'all leave us those comments. Let us know what your favorite moments, scenes, or dialogue, a little bit of both. Um, from season four. Yeah. <laughs> what are some thoughts about the journey of Ben and Michael's relationship in this season? Again, it goes back to it being really true, true to life, I feel like, because it started off a little rocky because, you know, Michael was shining and glowing up because of the rage thing. And, um, you know, Ben was still down and out because um, of his book. And we already know that he wasn't giving Michael a lot of love. He was standoffish and being a little jealous and things like that. So to see it progress from there and then, you know, he, he comes back. We meet Anthony and all of that, all of that craziness, which, I, again, I had no idea that was a thing. Right. Like, I, I had. Same. Yeah, like I had. But now no, I know way yes. more than I ever bargained I know. Like, <laughs> didn't even know that was a thing. But I love how it ended because I know for a fact that they love one another, mm-hmm. you know, and that they want to be together. They want to build this family. And the fact that they've come together to help raise Hunter, uh, Hunter, who, you know, had a very troubling life. I mean, it just shows the love and the commitment that they have and how caring they are. So, yeah, from it being rocky all the way up to them getting married, mm-hmm. they show excellent growth. And I think they, if this was real life, they would be together forever. I don't think they would, nothing would ever come between them, period. I think they are so adult that they're able to talk through their issues. Yeah, they let them kind of blow up. A lot of times um, they let it, like things, Michael let things fester and go and go and go. So then, then they do have like these blow ups, but they also, they know how to talk through it. They know how to get back to the basics. Their love is strong. It burns bright. It does go on a journey. And just to think that, and it's interesting to look at their relationship beside Melanie and Lindsay's, which kind of crumbles over the season, it seems like. And then to see theirs, which is at a strong point by, by the end and, for me, less of their theirs is not really about like couple decisions that they have to make together. It's more like individual decisions. And maybe that's what it is for all relationships. I don't know. But Ben was the one who had an issue. <laughs> yeah. And so Ben had to kind of get himself together. 
And I think it was realizing like, hey, you are needed in your in your family dynamic. Like you're needed with some stuff that's going on with Hunter right. and you're needed with this other junk. Yeah. And so I think then he had to kind of independently get himself together and then reinsert himself into his family and into the role that he took up in that house, in that household, because it wasn't until after the thing happened with Anthony, I think maybe he had to realize how far he had drifted from the shore. Mm -hmm. And then that's what was like, that was a wake up call. And like, oh man, (laughs) you know, I have let my own self-pity and all of my stuff. I have let that lead me to a place I never thought I would be to where I am considering a one night thing with my student. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm spending more time with him than I am with my family. And so maybe he had to, not saying he had to like, you shouldn't have to learn lessons like that. Right, but unfortunately, no. sometimes we do. Exactly. And so because he got so far, he realized, oh, I need to get it back together. And um, I was glad he was able to get it back together mm-hmm. because, I mean, he could have easily stepped out and made probably the worst decision in his life. Because if he would have cheated, I don't think Michael wouldn't have recovered from that. You know, yeah. like he just, he wouldn't have. It would have been the end of the world. So. Yeah, I don't know that he, I think he would have pretended to at first or thought he could have at first but somebody would have been like michael what are you doing yeah, that's exactly. not how you feel about yeah. you're not okay with it <laughs> yeah exactly and we saw last time that happened with um dr dylan i mean um, dr david um, david yeah michael went out and got the revenge sex you know it just they both it just yeah it just, it and it felt wrong yeah for both it felt of wrong them. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so, no, so it wouldn't have worked no yeah but i do think that they i don't know that relationship it just seems like it seems like it was less of a slow build. It was just kind of like they got together and it was like, okay, we're together. We're going to be together. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> for real. And so then they just like have relationship, normal couple issues. Yeah. It's like they literally, they, they got together and it was like they had been together for two years already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. But I guess now they're getting more intentional about what they want their relationship to look like because it started out with Ben was still kind of doing his free spirit thing. And it's kind of interesting that he... I bet Ben is probably a relationship person. Mm -hmm. Some people, that's where they thrive and that's what they want. And I bet that's what Ben is because he was in this long-term relationship. And then, of course, he got diagnosed with HIV. And then he kind of went crazy, lost his mind. And then he was like, okay, let me get myself together. But then he still enjoyed his life. And that's where we met him. Like, he's dancing with his shirt off all the time. (laughs) But then as soon as he gets with Michael in a serious relationship, it's like he... He tames it down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it tames it down again. So maybe that's where he normally, I don't know. Uh, that's just how he does relationships, I guess. But but no, anyway. he does. He like he tames it down. And like you said, he I think he is the type of person who um, thrives in, in a relationship. We know Michael has always wanted that. So yeah. there's something that they equally and mutually wanted or, or a need. So with them coming together, having that same same passion, I guess you would call it, it just worked. You know, yeah. it, it did. It just, it, it worked. They're both homebodies. So it wasn't like they needed to be out in the clubs and, you know, out going crazy or doing anything like that. So, I mean, yeah, it just, well, it just it worked. And then like, Hunter helped, too. Yeah, he, because now they have a reason yeah. to be home mm-hmm. at night. They can't, uh, they go out sometimes, but they probably don't stay as late and they probably don't do it every night right. like Michael was doing before. And so Michael is having this transition because of the lifestyle he's pursuing now. And so in being in this relationship with Ben, in having this teenager living with him, that's transitioning him out of the season one Michael that yeah. we met. And so it will be interesting to see how that affects other things in his life or if it affects other things in, mm-hmm. in his life as that relationship continues to take shape and form right. into what it's going to be. 
So some other journeys. Ted's, of course, is pretty obvious. Yeah. We meet him and he is kind of getting things started in mm-hmm. in in rehab. And then he goes into recovery, he's doing AA. He does the whole thing that you could almost forget about where he's sing- the singing waiter. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to add that to one of my favorite scenes. One of the when we see him there working at that restaurant, like he looks so happy when he's helping those ladies yeah, he's do the math yeah. on that receipt. Mm-hmm. He looks so happy because it's like, I don't feel pressured. I don't feel embarrassed. I'm getting to sing. Mm -hmm. I'm needed. Exactly. I think that's the key thing. And I'm thriving here in this environment. So we hadn't seen him thriving in an environment in a while. No. So I'm going to add that (laughs) to a favorite scene. Yeah. Because, you know, for some reason, I was thinking that the singing waiter was season three. Um, no, is this, yeah. I know. Me too. <laughs> I keep th- forgetting what is in. No, he was yes. very much I mean, with just, Tina in season yeah, three. Yeah, for real. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. So that, I mean, just seeing him in that opening scene. Well, not even, I don't know if it was opening, but in that, that scene where he's singing, it's like, wow. Like, I mean, he was really in his yeah. element. He was doing something that he loved. We all know that he loves opera music, you know? Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was able to go in there and, and just belt it out. and Yeah, at a place where it was being appreciated. Yeah. I mean, some people might have laughed it off. or I mean, the gang did when they went, but that was more so because they just kind of couldn't yeah, believe it. Yeah. But. but, I mean, like, he was he was doing it, and he yeah. sounded good, and he stepped out. He, he also... That was a test that he could actually do recovery for me because he did something that he normally would not do. He right. always wanted to sing, you know, but he never thought he was good enough. But he he stepped out on a limb, auditioned when right. he didn't have to, and when he is at his lowest. I think that no could have sent him down the wrong <laughs> down the wrong <laughs> yeah. road, you know. But he got that yes, mm-hmm. and then he went out there and, and continued to do it. He wasn't making a shit ton of money. Matter of fact, he probably was embarrassed about that job. Right. But he was having fun at the same time. Like, he knew it wasn't about the money. It was about this is what I need for me. Right. I'm singing. I'm doing what I like to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, he was able to help with the math because he's an accountant. He was so quick with it. Right. He was able to He was able to do something. He felt needed. He had a purpose. Yeah. Um, and so, I think if he never got to that place where he had that little, that little ego boost, that mm-hmm. self-esteem boost, then when Brian came in and was like, I need your help with this, immediately or yes. you're going to help me with this immediately right now he wouldn't have i don't think he, he would have been, been able ready. to do that and so of course we saw a little bit of hesitation with him when brian first made the offer but then ted comes back and it's like no that's what i'm good at that's what i'm gonna do that's who i am but he's getting to do it in a different environment that's not stealing his soul right is, <laughs> yeah i had a job that was a soul sucker <laughs> two years ago but uh yeah so I really enjoyed his journey. And then even with even with Emmett kind of closing the door on that, because I think I think they both knew that there was a lot of pain, a lot of hurt and The probability of coming back from that was probably pretty low for Um, Emmett, because I think Ted wanted to give it a go again. I think he would have just to be just to be a good guy. I think he would have. And because he cares about Emmett and his feelings. So I think he. There's got to be a lot of shame and guilt involved in that and regret and all that. So it would have been it would have been rough. It leaves that what if, though, like what if Tina would have never played a part? You know, like yeah. we would have been so great because they were great mm-hmm. at one point. Like they were really, really good. Yeah. But, but I um, think that's very real life, too, because there are times where you're like a lot of people still have lingering what ifs about mm-hmm. about other people in their life and whether they got to actually try a relationship with them or not. They still have these lingering what ifs. But I think that scene after after Emmett comes over to apologize and Ted closes the door. That was the scene. I, that was like, okay, that the door is closed on the relationship mm-hmm. side for sure. And so whatever junk is still in there, we'll just never get to right. deal with that again. 
And yeah, so then he wrapped that up. And then the thing with Blake, it was just kind of like he came back and they got to work through some of their stuff, but just not. They the worked right through time. enough. They, I mean, they did. I think Blake was perfect. Like, I mean, he came in, it was short, it was brief, but he did what he needed to do. He gave him a reason to live. And also, he let Emmett, I mean, I'm sorry, Emmett, he let Ted know that. I still care for you, you know, and since I care for you, I can't be with you in this nature. And I've always cared for you. Like I've always, I, I ha- I'm having sex with you because I, I wanted to, right. you know, because I've always had these feelings for you. They never changed and never went away, but I need to get my stuff together. Now I know what's best. I'm, I'm going to take myself out of the situation because I need you to be back to the same yeah. Ted that I love and care for, you know? Right. And he needed Ted to depend on Ted. On Ted, and not, not someone else. Yeah. Because Ted would always latch on to someone else to depend on. I mean, he does because that Because we Emmett. saw he what happened that in that episode. When Blake removed himself, Ted went straight back right. to Dr. Crystal's yeah. guys. Exactly. You know, so, yeah. So that was his journey. We've talked a little bit about Debbie's journey and how hers ends with a proposal but not a marriage. Yes, but I, I like that, though. I don't like that. I feel like Carl had to be punished, but because I really thought they were going to be like broken up, like done. Because you know, yeah. a lot of times if you say no, I don't want to marry you. I mean, and it's you like a deal were breaker. so afraid that Carl was going to die this season. I so. did. Well, you know, you never know. You don't. These never writers, know. they what? These writers will fuck you up. Like, I mean, you are happy and you like you living, and next thing you know, you're going to a funeral, and next it's like thing you what? know, Brian is kicking Justin out the lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he threw him out the damn love. I mean, yeah. you, you just never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. So, yeah, I thought Carl was dying. Yeah. I did. But um, to see that he's going to hang in there and that I, I love what Debbie stands for. It goes back to her morals. It goes back to her heart. I mean, she's going to sacrifice her own self just because until the government, the U.S. government can get their shit together mm-hmm. and, and give equality. So, uh, yeah, it's her putting everybody else's life in rights. Ahead of her own, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she does do that. Now, most of the time, number one priority is going to be Michael. But (laughs) every time, number one priority is going to be Michael. But there are other times when other people are considered after that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I love to see that journey with with Carl and and, um, Debbie. Carl just really loves her. I think they needed that separation, too, to really make their hearts you know, see if they if there's something they really wanted to do because if, if they're good, they're good. But when they're bad, they're bad. He's not going to back down, and we know Debbie's a pit bull. So I think that that separation it kind of made the heart grow fonder and made them come back together. Yeah. And she had to do some work. He made her work a little bit for him. You know, like we saw him chasing her, chasing her, asking mm-hmm. for dates. No, inviting her to the bowling league. But this time he made her work. And yeah. then Catherine having Catherine made her step <laughs> her game up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Um, yeah, it was good seeing them together. Yeah, it was. Who else had a, a journey? Emmett? Have we talked about Emmett's journey? We haven't. Okay, so Emmett had a really good journey. I mean, coming from being heartbroken in a way that was caused by a lot of betrayal and a lot of stuff. So coming from being heartbroken, being stuck on the couch, I mean, having to live in Melanie and Lindsay's attic and having to kind of find himself again, find his flame again. And so going to the fairy gathering and being reminded, hey, it's within you. Right. Like, it's not out here in the world. It's not out here in these woods. Like, it's already in you. It's you. Yeah. And you're your own flame. And so having to find that again. But then, like, okay, now what does life... And I feel like Emmett is kind of like... The thing that I share with Emmett is sometimes I'm like, there are parts of my life that I have to keep pretty constant, but there are other parts where I, I need a lot of change. Right. And, like, annually, I need to change right. that. 
And so I feel like Emmett's kind of like that. And so it's like, okay, he needs a new a new mission, a new journey. Yeah. It's almost like shedding your skin, you know, mm-hmm. like a rebirth. He And he needed that. You're right. He needs a, a new mission. Yeah. So, I mean, going to the fairy things, that just, that was the shedding of the skin, you mm-hmm. know, and we were to see him rise up like yeah. the phoenix Yeah, and so ashes, it's like, you know? okay, then what do I go into? So then he gets his, his catering business started, <laughs> and then he's doing the little, he's hooking up with different guys. Well, first it's not really working out because he is staying with the girls, and so he's out in cemeteries and everywhere else. Uh, and then he gets his own place, and that's not what works for him right now. So then he ends up moving in with Debbie. But that's a whole, as part of his journey of finding what fits for him right now at this stage of life. From there, meeting meeting Drew and having that, and being like, this is great, and this is cool, and this is awesome. But at the same time, I'm not going to, Yeah, I'm not at a place in life where I'm going to date someone who's in the closet. Yeah. So, but even that, I, th- I think that's a good part of his journey, realizing, okay, even if I want a relationship, I don't want one like that. Yeah, he realized what he wanted, yeah. you know, like what he needs at this stage in the life, uh, at this, in the game. Because I think if we would have met, if we would have had this situation season one, he would have went for it as long as it, oh, it would have yeah. lasted out. But like we said, we saw growth from each each and every character over every season, you know. Mm-hmm. And at this stage in the game, I mean, that's not what he needs. That's not yeah. what he wants. That's not what he's looking for. Yeah. Melanie is an interesting one because we start out with her... She's pregnant, of course. She she has been pregnant since season three because she was pregnant for 117 months precisely. <laughs> and and um, so, so she's pregnant and she's at work and she's adjusting to the new work schedule. But then part of that, you know, there was the issue with her having to back down from that case. And uh-huh. so having to go through the serenity prayer that Ted shared with her. Okay, there are going to be some things that I can control, some things that I cannot, and I need to know the difference, and I need to be able to kind of step back and let some things go. We saw that, but then we saw we saw her kind of taking on that supportive role in, in the home more. Mm-hmm. Even when Sam came over, she's like, come see Lindsay's paintings, and look at this one, and this one's really great, and what about this one? And so we saw her kind of shifting into this other role, but then... Stuff did hit the fan. I mean, I thought Lynn, I mean, well, you know, I always love Melanie. She did. She did take a great supportive role, I feel like, um, mm-hmm. this entire season. She she wanted to be strong. Her thing is, is a power trip. So I mean, even before she had to step down, she wasn't going to step down, although she was jeopardizing her health and the baby. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she decided to actually step down. And then when she did, I thought that she was great in, in that role. She was, Like you said, she was real supportive. She was always pushing Lindsay to be great. Push it. She actually pushed Lindsay to hang with Sam. Yeah. You know, like she's the reason why they were even even like that. I mean, we did see a lot of growth because for for the most part, I always felt like it was always me, 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 me. I work off this and that. Mm-hmm. I'm tapping into my pension that my mm-hmm. or, or my savings that my family left me. I'm the one who has to do this. Like the fact that I feel like she was letting go of all that control. Like mm-hmm. this season was. I mean, it took the doctor to tell her ass girl, sit your ass down. We're gonna put you in this bed. <laughs> right, you know? but. She let go of the control, you know, mm-hmm. so that was her growth. They really don't focus so, so much on Lindsay and Mel, so it's hard to really, you kind of have to, like, make up your own You got to fill in a lot fiction. of blanks. Yeah, you do, because yeah. mm-hmm. we only get, you know, so much of them. But that that was Melanie's growth. Yeah, me. but you said something that is important, because we are all capable of growth, but there are also things about us that that's just going to be part of us mm-hmm. no matter what. So you brought up Melanie's power trip. There's always going to be a little bit of that in Melanie. That's right. just ingrained in her bones. And so that started to come out again. I think once she was in this other role, but 
and she was kind of making changes and shifting and compromising on some things. And then Lindsay did what she did. Right. And so, in a way, kind of gave Melanie the upper hand again. Mm, it did. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, and then that stubborn part of her, that thing that sent her to just be stubborn, is like, no, I'm still holding on to this. No, I'm not letting this go. I'm not going to forgive <laughs> you for this. And now, totally, I can understand part of that. Yeah. But an, I, I do think another piece of it is that power and need to control and that stubbornness about her. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean she's still not on a journey. I mean, our journey isn't always a straight line. Right. But, um, yeah, so I'm well, hell, the way it ended, or... the way it ended, girl, I don't think it's going to go back to that. I think she's still going to be bitter. She's going to be upset. I mean, she just had a baby, and right. you're literally saying, okay, well, I'm out. For real, this like, is a your baby, and yeah. you're not even going to drive them home from the hospital. Like, Lindsay. I, I'm just going to sneak on out. You know, I'm going to sit you. I'm going to let you blink when you blink i'm gonna be gone you gotta call the center for a ride home really girl so i mean (laughs) no she's gonna be bitter okay yeah i and you're gonna be on child support okay (laughs) she is not having it so i'm like oh lord Mm -mm." yeah i just thought about that Lindsay wouldn't even drive her alleged child home from the hospital crazy (laughs) Lindsay's savage with it okay she's very Savage. Okay, you are here throwing that thing, busting it open for everybody, and then <laughs> now you mad that she won't forgive you, and you're not even driving the newborn, and, and you're, is she still your wife? You're not, yeah. gonna, you're not gonna drive him home? Nope. Mm-mm. She carried up just, I just think that we should just keep the bills together. Girl, that's because she got the money, even when she ain't working. Stop playing with me, okay? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because your bills will be fucked up, Lindsay, okay? <laughs> You'll be over there that's doing the what Hunter was reason. doing. Okay. Yeah, that's the real reason I keep the bills where they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's for Gus. Gus don't know about yeah. no damn bills. Well, she ain't going to tell Brian they kept the money what it is. Uh, exactly. Like, well, you know, Brian, I'm down to one income. <laughs> that part. I mean, anything that you have that could help, you know. Yeah. I may need the loft. <laughs> like, girl, Justin's in L.A. and you're going to be out there, so let me just, uh, bitch, yeah. no. Okay. Yeah. Please. She gonna move in. You spend all your time at Kinetic and Dustin's in LA, so I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You need somebody to look after the place. <laughs> yeah. I'm a house sit for you. Yeah. I'm a dog sit, although you have no dogs. <laughs> Girl. Anyway. Don't you want your son to have a place to go? No, no facts. I can hear her saying that yeah. for sure. Or that's when I would say, just go to Michael's. Or, oh well, I guess Lynn's, Melanie is that baby mama, so yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. She gonna work it out some kind of way. Yeah. yeah. Let me find out Debbie finna take everybody in. Okay, you have Emmett and Lindsay over there. Sh- yeah. Sh- Could up. you imagine? Yeah. Lord have mercy. Who else? Well, Brian, his journey. His was the best journey. Yeah. Actually. We the saw kids, the most. So growth. we didn't. Men- neither one of us mentioned this, but that was probably one of, if not my favorite storyline, was his whole the whole cancer journey with him. That whole storyline, because. I mean, that is taking everything that is central and core and key to that character and ripping it away from him and making him face all the things that he avoids and fears, mm-hmm. making him face death, making him face imperfection, making him face disease and weakness and all this stuff. And No, facts. Um, I've always said that I wanted a humbling experience for Brian. You yeah. Know? And, I wasn't and you asking, never thought it would yeah, be this, Yeah, I, I wasn't you? asking for this. Like, yeah. this, this this was a bit much. You writers, y'all be doing the most. <laughs> um, but but it really was the best way to humble him. It was. Like, we got to see 
Brian literally just internalized everything. Like he was quiet this season, but you could always see the wheels turning. You could always see something was going on. And, and uh, we saw Brian literally fight mm-hmm. for his life. He, he was really, really showing up this season. And like we said, he was able to ask Justin to come back home, which yeah. I think we would. Brian would have never said it. We got to see Brian become. He told Brian, Justin that he missed him. Missed him, you yeah. know. So we, we got to see him open up, be more loving, because uh, he got to see that. He got to see with this whole cancer trip, um, cancer um, storyline, he was able to see the people who actually showed up and cared for him, you know? So I think it let those walls down. Like, And like you said, he was able to confront his mom and get that all off his chest. I mean, this was just one of those things where season five, we're going to get a brand new Brian because, I mean, all that old baggage that he was carrying from 14 all the way up until now, he was able to let that go because he faced something that we thought that we would never see him face. I mean, for one... He he was struck in his private area. That's that's his secret weapon. That's what makes that's him. That's where the power yeah, comes from. Yeah, that's where the power comes from. That's what Justin says when he's talking about rage. In Brian's mind, he's always thought that's where his power right. came. But even he, like Emmett, had to learn, no, the source you thought it was, that's not the true source. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So for him to have cancer in his testicles, that was just like killer. Um, he had a choice to give up or to fight. He originally was going to give up. I feel like he was mm-hmm. going to give it up, but something deep down inside of him, maybe it was Justin. I always want to think that it was Justin that was just triggering him. triggering him. And then the Uncle Vic also played a hand in it, too, that made him straight, straighten up and actually get to it. And um, and literally say, I want to live this life. I have more to offer. I'm only 30-something years old, and I'm going to beat this. This is not going to stop me yeah. um, at all, and I'm stronger than this. I have a brand-new company. I have a child to live for. I have friends who love me, and I have a man who who loves everything about me. My dirty draws, as my mama would say, <laughs> okay? Like, loves everything about him, and that gave him the strength that he needed. And then to see him actually finish that marathon, although he didn't even have to do that. Right. Um, to see that he finished that, to push through, to prove to himself that, like, yeah, I'm going to always find something deep down inside because that was that Uncle Vic shit right there. Him at the finish line. He didn't have to finish. Cause, I mean, basically, you did it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're on Liberty Avenue. Uh, Avenue, But that's that Uncle Vic shit that two more steps, baby. Dig deep. Dig deeper. You never know if this cancer could come back tomorrow. Yeah. What you going to do? How are you going to dig deep and find what you need? Because, you know, going through chemo, all of those. I mean, like, just the recovery on his body was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, he couldn't even go to work half the time. So, mm-hmm. Where what are you what are you gonna dig from to give you that extra fight in you? So to see him dig deep and actually make those pedals and cross that finish line, this was literally the best story arc yeah. ever was with Brian. Well, and I love to see character growth. Like I love to read a book and watch character growth. I love to watch a movie and see it. I love to watch a show and see it. And they've been doing that. Like we've been talking about with all the characters since season one, but it was so concentrated for Brian here in season four and. I love that they did it in this way through this cancer arc story. And we what we got to see from it was him asking for things that he wants in his life. Mm-hmm. And that's not so he's more of a like, if I want this, I'll go take it. Or he was just like, I don't know if I can have that. So I'm going to tell myself I don't want it. Exactly. That's kind of where he was, even though that wasn't true. He would, I don't want love. I don't want people. I don't want that. I, I don't want that. He would tell himself he didn't want it just because he was afraid that if he tried to get it, it would be horrible mm-hmm. or or he didn't deserve it or whatever and so we got to see him act, actually asking for what he wanted even when he goes to debbie after they have their falling out and he goes to her and he tells her when they're walking that he that he has cancer in a way that's him asking like hey i want you to be i want you to be in my life like now i'm taking stock of the things that are in my life and that i care about and that i stuck around for and that includes you and i want you i want you in my life 
I mean, everything he does with Justin is him asking for what he yeah. what he wants in his life, saying, I want to spend time with my son, just kind of all of those, all of those things. I want to have people around me that I trust. That's why he puts Ted in yeah. in that position that he can trust Ted with his secret. He's that's the first person he tells yep. that he has cancer. And I really enjoyed that, seeing him open himself up a lot more. <laughs> We've been talking about that since season one. Like Brian's gonna all these little ways that he's starting to open up. But here it was kind of these bigger, these bigger stretches of that. And then something you were talking about, like him having to find it in himself to dig deep. And I do think that what Debbie said from Uncle Vic inspired him with that. But what I think is, it's like, okay, go two more steps, but for what? Not just across the finish yeah. line. There had to be some purpose in his and life. And he saw his and purpose. And that his purpose was, was in him. right in front of him. Like just he as, said. Yeah, like he, waiting for him like he said he would be. Yeah. <laughs> and that that sunshine was, was right there. And so that was the purpose, or at least the primary purpose. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, there are going to be the benefits from that, you know, the rest of the family right. and friends and his, his job, his business, all that is there. But that key purpose was was Justin. Um, but I like that we got to see we got to see it kind of both ways. We got to see Brian doing it himself right. and finding it in himself, but doing it for, for yeah. that and, relationship. Uh, and then it was really subtle of how, you know, we know Brian doesn't do relationships and boyfriends and things. But the fact that, I mean, we know, like, this is him. He's never going to voice it and say, you're my boyfriend. You're my you're husband. My part- you're well, my they, partner. Yeah. yeah, Justin says, hey, yeah. we're partners, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then Brian's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was that was him saying it. He does, Brian doesn't have to say anything. A look or him doing, the process of him doing something speaks a million, a million words, you know. So Justin knew and everybody knew. Yeah. All right. This is it. Like, I yeah. mean, he's ready. That's something that I love about their relationship is like it exists for the two of them mm-hmm. and they really could care less about what the rest of the family thinks right. about it. <laughs> In the beginning, I think maybe Justin wanted to hear their validation of that relationship that's because what, that's what everyone is yeah. kind of told. Well, and because the way Brian is, you're not going to get that validation from Brian, Mm-mm. definitely not in the beginning. And so I think he kind of cared a little bit more about that. But now they really couldn't care less how anybody else. Because, well, for one, he knows, I mean, after the whole Ethan thing, I think he he got what he needed with the whole Ethan thing. He needed to see that Brian did love him. Brian hurt when Justin was gone. Um, And we got to see Brian get a little petty when Justin was gone, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Got a little petty with Ethan. Yeah, we've seen little sparks of jealousy from him. So, I mean, like, Justin finally realized, like, I don't need that that, uh, that validation. I don't need that approval. I don't need him to voice that because I know. I know. This the fact that me. he's here, yeah. that he chose to be here, that he chose to come home knowing I was here or he's choosing to have me here, that's all the yeah. only validation I need. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's it. I know he loves me. Yeah. So what do you think, how do you think the rest of the gang sees the growth in Brian? I mean, I'm Or pre- do you think they see it? Oh, no. They definitely see it. But I think it's one of those things they just don't speak on because it always goes back to they never compliment Brian. Right, like, they don't. <laughs> they ne- they'll compliment everybody else, mm-hmm. but they never compliment They will him. praise Michael for, yeah. like, the tiniest little thing. Exactly. Or anybody else for the tiniest little thing, but, but yeah. Brian, nothing. Like, even when they even know he gave the damn money for the concerned citizens, they were just, like, looking around, just looking. Nobody once said, hey, Brian, thank you so much. Like, I know maybe one person, Lindsay or somebody. Well, or, when or, they did the whole benefit thing, but— 
that was only after Justin was like, hey, yeah, we he need did, to, he's yeah. struggling now. We need to do something. Because they weren't going to give but, it. But then none of them, when they, they thought Justin was lying almost. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yeah. they never come in. But, yes, I think they see it. But they know that even if they did give him something or say something to him, Brown was going to be like, oh, whatever, shut it up. Yeah, It's not what he's looking yeah. for. And he's not doing things so he can get praised. That's why he never says, hey, this is Brian Kenny. I'm writing a $100,000 check. Right. It's always some type of, like, little yeah. cryptic text or message or something going on because <laughs> he doesn't want that. He's, like, the type of person who gives charity and doesn't want his name to be listed. He's doing it out of the kindness of his heart. And that's what Brian is. Um, the gang definitely sees it. They, I'm pretty sure, like they're happy and they understand, but they they just haven't. They're not gonna tell him. They just yeah. Not and I feel him. like some of them might be a little bit slower to see it than others because just of how they deal with him. And then they are some of them are so deeply rooted in what they in what they think about him and how they already think he's gonna respond to something, so that they're not on a day to day seeing all these changes right. and all this growth. Because even Debbie, like, yes, she knows Brian and she can get Brian to do things and she can get inside his head and make him think. But there are times where she, what she thinks he's going to do is not what he's going to do. Or, right. or uh, she'll kind of write off, oh, he's just whatever. But that's not true either. So she doesn't always. With you know, them, it always goes back to mother or son for me. She's really hard on him always. She's really, yeah. really hard. We know that she loves him to death. But she's really, really hard on him. So I think well, I think because she her, knows that he, she knows his influence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying she's right because a lot of yeah. times she is wrong but in how she, she treats Brian. But she does know his influence, and she knows that he has pull. So whatever she wants, and also he doesn't have to believe in what you believe in, Debbie. He could just, you know, he doesn't. But I mean, I know that you think what you're doing is for a great cause, right? And, and or great. you think Michael should yeah. be his primary concern, but Michael is not his child, right? But I was saying the reason I was talking about his influence. She knows that. He can get in Michael's head yeah. and make Michael do whatever he says. And so and that's why that's one of the reasons she's so hard on him. Right. Because she's like, I don't want Michael doing that or I don't want Michael thinking that. Mm-hmm. And so she takes it all out on him, which is not right. No, but. she can't because for one, he's a grown ass man. And yeah. then two, your son's a grown ass man. And three, <laughs> Michael is choosing to do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Okay. And David, you can't stop him, period. Yes. But um, yeah, it's, it goes back to that. But I think when he surprises her, it wakes up and it reassures her like why she loves him again in the first place. Yeah. Why why Michael is so close to him, you know? Why everybody flocks. Because, I mean, he really does have that personality where everybody wants to be around him, right. you know? Whether it's because they're attracted to the good or the bad. Right, yeah. yeah. So. But she, I love that she, we get, they're so clever about how they, they it's almost like they hide in plain sight these things with when we get to see how they do think about mm-hmm. each other. Because when she's praying for him and Uncle Vic, she says, his heart is his biggest organ. Yeah. And so she does know that about him, even mm-hmm. though she'll probably still call him a butthole. Right. <laughs> you know, but she she knows that he has a big heart. And so she knows what he's capable of in some ways. Okay. Um. Now that we own that, um, we're going to kind of switch gears for a minute. Clearly, there <laughs> is no script here. It's just whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> when she was praying for Brian in the church and she ran into Joan, do you think it was her place to tell Joan that Brian was going through cancer? Because I don't think Brian would have told her. Everybody's going to disagree with me, but no. I'm glad that we got what we ended up getting from this scene, but this was Brian's news to share with who he wanted to share it with. And so everybody's going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I'm I'm braced for it. But no, I don't think that it was her place to... And I'm not, I don't think you can justify it by saying, well, look, he got to send him to his mom. Like, that's a separate thing, and that's a good thing. And that is a conversation he needs to have with his mom. But who even who who who's to say that he needed that conversation in that moment? He was still right. weak. He was still going through what he was going through. 
I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think she overstepped. You know? I, yeah, I feel like she overstepped because he he hadn't told Lindsay. Yeah. You know, and, and not that he tells Lindsay everything, but he tells Lindsay a lot more than he typically tells Ted. Right. <laughs> you know? And and that's the mother of his child. Yeah. And so, and he's got his reasons for why he told who he told. So I want to separate the two things. I want to separate the conversation that he had with Joan. You know, and I want to separate Debbie telling Joan. And no, I, I think that that was, that was an overstep. I w- if she would have just been like, hey, call Brian. You might want to talk to him. Girl, that's what I. Totally good with that. That's what I thought. Because when she said that, she was like something about, Debbie's in that moment said something about Brian. Mm-hmm. Then the very next scene, we see Joan. And, and, and she, I was like, no what? Mm-hmm. I, I was confused because I was thinking, I know Debbie. I know Debbie did not tell this lady anything yeah. about Brian. And you was, and then I was like, uh-uh. Yeah, like she, I, she told, and she didn't just hint at anything. Like Joan already knew when yeah, she came in. It like, was clear that Joan already knew. Told her, so that's why I was blown away. I'm like, no what? Like, yeah. w- what does she know? Yeah, I and I know for some people they'll make the ends justify the means conversation because they're linking the conversation that. But that conversation would have never happened, though. It would have yeah. never happened if Debbie wouldn't have opened her mouth, you mm-hmm. know. And when he was ready to tell her, if he was ever ready, yeah. Because to be honest, it sounded like she was never really there for him in his life. Right. Period, so. He was probably he hadn't talked to her probably since the thing with his nephew yeah. anyway. So and he she was, didn't even stand for him. This that could have ruined him. Yeah. You know. And I what mean, if he wouldn't have been at that place to stand up to her then, and then he would have gone right back into letting her beat him over the head with yeah. all that stuff she was trying, and so I'm gonna take all the. The flack that comes we, from it. We, we, go, we gonna stand and take it together. But yeah, so I just, yeah, so we agree. So y'all, be easy on that. <laughs> but you see why, you see why we said what we said. There though. is no wrong or right. Yeah, These are opinions. Not, so yeah. nobody took, nobody message, <laughs> you are wrong. No, you can just say, my opinion is this. Yes. <laughs> don't come for our heads. Don't send the shooters for our heads. Please don't. Yeah. Okay. But no, uh, just because of how vulnerable he was. With everything surrounding. He couldn't even have Justin be at the house knowing, mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm Okay, one more question. Um, Callie's parents all in her diary. What, for one, should Callie have even written down? Because anybody can Callie, get a damn you gotta gyri- be, diary. Yeah, you got to be smarter than that. Yeah, you could have left, dropped that hoe out your bag or something. I can't tell you how day. many people's diaries I done read. That part, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> all in it, all right? Yeah. All in it. I mean, even when it had that little lock on it, because if you just open it to the right angle, uh-uh. you can still see. <laughs> Girl, okay, look at you. Let me find and out. I was all into like spy gear and stuff as a kid. So, I had all these like little mirrors things oh lord have mercy girl you were really don't write it in a diary lord so yeah that's what it is so yeah kelly should never wrote written in a diary period you Mm -hmm. know and then just leave it in plain sight i guess right i know her mom was not raising up mattresses and shit looking for something like that no well and it sounds like she has a very open relationship with them yeah and now she was supposed to talk to them before she went you know the whole way but i guess you know heat of the moment so Mm Um. Yeah. No. no but no, she, no. at least she was safe, though. They. They, yeah, they were safe. They were safe. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about her parents' response to that. Like there was, there was a better way to handle that. Yeah, definitely. There were way. many better ways to handle that. Mm-hmm. Something that I haven't found a place for, but that I want to talk about, so I'm gonna force it in somewhere. <laughs> I guess we can talk about about Justin's journey a little bit. And of course, his is always going to be more straightforward because he is straightforward. <laughs> young 20 i mean he's maybe 20 right now right. I, i'm saying that he's 20 i'm saying that he's 22 you know also 
And uh, I mean, a stretch would be 21. But but anyway, so, of course, he's always going to be kind of learning and growing and changing because that's what you do at that age. Mm. You know, I feel one way about something on Monday and then by Tuesday, I'm like, what? I never. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that's normal. and That's to be expected. So, yeah, he kind of makes sense to me. But he does have a journey in this. As well, because he starts out and he's being there for Brian and then he is triggered and from Darren's bashing. And then, of course, that leads to the whole pink posse thing where he is having to deal with this PTSD that has risen up in him. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, I got an outlet for this stuff, <laughs> for all this anger and all this aggression. And I have this intense need to feel safe and secure. And so he starts doing all this stuff where he is kind of drifting away from who he is. They're like, Justin, you've always been against guns and now you're walking Mm -hmm. around the street with one and you've never been one to provoke violence so now you're doing that and so he 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 scared me in that yeah he did i didn't i didn't know what he was gonna do because i think like cody was making everything sound so appetizing you know like yeah like we're gonna do this we're doing this for the street everything sounded like exactly what justin needed like hey you need to be the one in control of the situation justin's like yeah i need some control of the situation Mm -hmm. They did this to you. They made you feel like this. You, they should deserve. They deserve to see what that feels like. Yeah, you're right. They do deserve exactly. to see what that feels like. It yeah. just scared me. It was like, damn, what is about what? What is Justin doing? Mm-hmm. Like he's smarter than this. Remember, I kept saying that, like yeah. he's smarter than this. What yeah. is he doing? But and then we see him go all the way, yeah. to what was almost the point a spot. of no return. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With this thing with Chris Hobbs, and then he gets that apology out of him. And Justin knows it's not genuine. Justin yeah. knows he's only saying it just because he's got a yeah. gun literally. But he in let his Chris face. know. I, I hate the way it kind of goes back to what we was talking about in the car. Like, I hate that it happened or whatever. I understand why it happened, yeah. but I hate that it happened that way. Yeah. I hate that it came to that point with Justin and Chris Hobbs. That he had to go that yeah, far. Yeah, he had to go that far. But I mean, there was some, sometimes you have to take it that far because mm-hmm. Chris Hobbs was not going to change. Like, yeah. I mean, he, and you're never going to change Chris Hobbs. Right. But he had to know that I, today it ends. I'm no longer your punching bag. I'm not going to be terrified to walk these streets. I'm not, I'm, I'm letting this go. Like, we end this today. Yeah. And it needed to be done. And he had to do it in a forceful way because Chris would have got violent. Chris could have done he anything. He did get yeah, violent. Exactly. Yeah. So it needed to happen. You know, it, it was that, it was that one time you're standing up to that bully. Justin had let it go so long, even yeah. after the fact, at the hospice, Chris still threatening you right. and, you know, getting you all riled up and, and worked up. So it needed to happen. But I just didn't, I'm glad it didn't it didn't go. It didn't cross the line, cross yeah. the line, you know, mm-hmm. like with someone getting killed or anything. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I do. I hate how far he got to to that line, but you totally understand why he did get that far. I mean, some people have just put up with so much crap from people in the world and and it's just like I I will not take this anymore and that was him fighting back and saying that mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah and I think Chris Hobbs was singled out for of course we know we know why but I think it wasn't it wasn't just him standing up to Chris Hobbs and saying no more at that point it was him to all of it like no more of this right. you know yeah so that was very much part of his journey but then after that he immediately go and they don't that's another thing I wish we could have explored. Well, I don't know. Because Justin is in Brian in some ways where it's like, I'm turning the page on that. I'm moving on. I'm not thinking about that anymore. Because I was going to say we could have gotten some more um, of his his transition from Pink Posse to I'm happy because Ray just 
getting an option deal. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> you know? I mean, we kind of needed like, it. <laughs> yeah, we could have used a little bit of, uh, you know, some more transition time between those two things. But he is a character who, like I said, on Monday feels one way and on Tuesday feels totally different mm-hmm. because that's that makes sense for the age that he's at. But, yeah, so anyway, he moves on. He's got the rage stuff going on. But something that I want to bring up is there is an incredible strength to Justin, and there always has been, but we get to see it a lot here too because Brian's having to exhibit a lot of strength in this season with all of the cancer stuff, but Justin is has having— Has to match that energy. Yeah, has to match that and be there for a person who doesn't want you to see— the side effects of their mm-hmm. condition is like, okay, but he can't do it himself. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so there's just a lot of strength in saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand here and I'm going to be here. There's a lot of strength in taking a risk on this project out in Hollywood. I know Michael's kind of taking that same risk too in some ways. And a lot of strength in pulling yourself from this PTSD thing that you had going on. And so I did want to speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, Justin's always shown, shown that strength, like you said, though. Like, that's always been in him. Now, he may have been a little sidetracked this season or whatever the case yeah. for a minute, but that needed to happen as well because that gave him the strength he needed to stand up to the bully. What I what I love most about this was how nurturing he was. Like, at one point, he was keeping a secret from Brian, but at the same time, still overseeing and, and guarding him. Like, I, can we go home? Let's let's do this. Like, yeah. giving Brian options but trying to keep it in the safe options. You know, we saw him nurturing from behind the scenes. And then when Brian did find out, he could have easily said, well, fuck it. I'm leaving. You know, I'm yeah. not the one sick. You know, right. like, I mean, Brian threw him, like yeah. threw him And out. his little movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> Brian was not with the shits that night. Okay. Yeah. Like, so threw him out. But Justin came back and fought. And was like, no, I'm here. Yeah. So to see him nurture him back to health, yeah. you know, and continue to fight for, I mean, that relationship. I mean, he could have easily given up because Brian was harsh. But he yeah. understood why he was being harsh. He's going through something. So that's that's the part of Justin that I love. Because I've yeah. all we always we always we've seen Justin grow literally from season one up to now. Like he, that's the one character that's always had growth. Right. And he's endured so much as a young child as a he young has. person. I mean like, at twenty. I mean yeah. you've been kicked out of your house, slept by your dad, your mama yeah. done threw you over here to your boyfriend yeah. and live with him who won't say he's your boyfriend. Beaten you've been bashed. bashed. Yeah. You were in a coma. You had to learn how to use your hands again. Yep. You had you walked out on a relationship because you wanted to feel like feel love and you put all God, your trust yeah, in somebody who cheated on you right. first on the first was, chance he got. I mean, you're even forcing yourself to believe that that was love when yeah. you knew it wasn't. That part. <laughs> you know? And, you know, going against your best friend because you're like, shut up, I'm doing this, leave me alone. Exactly. And then he couldn't even keep himself together for yeah. one night. One night. The yeah, first cheating night. on you. And then so now you're back living on Daphne's futon. Yeah. I <laughs> know. Uh, so and it just goes then back you to. Get with, you get back with Brian and then he kicks you out. So, yeah. He had a lot. It's been a okay. lot. Yeah, it's been a lot. But and then, he, you know, all of that dealing with Michael's mess. Yeah. You know, Michael telling you to go away and, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want you here. And, you know, haven't you done enough? You're a gold digger. And, not, you know, just. Yeah. And then also sacrificing himself. Like, he could have went to jail for vandalism with all those that, um, the graffiti and stuff yes, um, and during for, season three. I forgot him almost being attacked yeah. at, at uh, that party, Saperstein's party. Yeah. He was go-go dancing, trying yep, to make yep, his yep. own money because his daddy wouldn't pay for his school anymore. So, I mean, yeah. Justin has seen a lot. He has seen a lot in them young years. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that he's still there and caring and loving and nurturing. Yeah. And, I that mean, he can still, still be. Yeah, I mean, he had this thing with the Pink Posse, but. A lot of people have told me they understand that. Now there is, I understand and it's the pink interesting posse. to me. Well, girl, um, I I understand the posse. I understood yeah. why they needed to stand up. Like, uh-huh. I mean, it had to happen. Cody was just crazy though. Like, I like how I like how the the main part part of the posse was like, 
we didn't sign up for this. You know, like, we, we want to get down, but we didn't sign up for this. Like, we're not doing that, you know? Yeah. So the pos- Pink Posse, I mean, it was meant to be something good. Like, I was like, hell, I want to join the Pink Posse. You yeah. know, I, I love the idea of the Posse. Yeah, like, I ain't going to go yeah. out risking prison time yeah. for you, but... I'm not going to do all that, but <laughs> we needed we needed some protectors yeah, on the streets, too. Yeah, but we can, like, defend ourselves and our people when they yeah. come around here. Yeah, sure. I'm not... But Cody took it a step far when he was out, when he was going out, seeking out problems and, and issues. Yeah, so... Something else that I forgot to say, because I I don't know, I guess I wasn't thinking about it when we were watching the going back to the chicken soup episode and talking right. about Justin's strength and how loving he still is. I like in that scene where Justin says, I've had other reasons like you're not perfect. I have had yeah. plenty of reasons. And Brian says, well, yeah, maybe you should have or maybe you should leave. And Justin's like, yeah, maybe I should. But he says, but I thought we had a commitment. And I think that's because. There was a reference to the the Kenny uh, operating manual, mm-hmm. and Justin knows that. And he's like, me telling Brian I love him right now, that's not going to mean anything. But mm-hmm. me telling him I made a commitment to this, I'm honoring my commitment that I made, he'll listen to that. True. And so he's so smart at how he has learned him and how learned to, to Yeah, he and how he's how learned play. how— uh-huh. How to manipulate him? How to and how to get through to him? More That's what it is. It's not even manipulating. It's yeah. I mean, yes, he has to be manipulative to to break through Brian's walls. Yeah. But yeah, he knows exactly how to seek through those cracks. He knows how to get in and make him pay attention, make yeah. him listen. And so that commitment was to be partners and to be together for as long as they wanted to be. And mm. so because Brian wasn't at a place where you could say I love you, because at this point he's definitely not feeling worthy of love. Obviously, I mean, he didn't tell anybody. He's been lying to them. He kicked Justin out for finding out. Right. So obviously he's not feeling worthy of love. So saying that, which is what Justin had said before, when Brian still, he was like, hey, I love you. I want to be here for you. Brian still kicked him out. Yeah. But then Justin was like, Mm-mm, I'm smarter than that. Yep. I am. I made a commitment to you. You changed tactics. You know? <laughs> I made a commitment to this. Yeah. And so even just in these moments where he is scared and he is hurt, he is still able to put Brian above his stuff too. And so that's why I never felt like, there are times when maybe one's giving more than the other, but I never, overall, it's pretty equal. It's an equal relationship. It is yeah. because I'm not going, yeah, because let's just go recap on Brian how he's been there for Justin too, because right. the fact that you left me for another man, this man <laughs> who is broke, poor, everything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Y'all sleeping on literally crates, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little pallet on a crate. Yeah. All right. Um, and you can't pay for your school, but I'm still writing checks. Right. Okay. Like, Brian didn't have to do that. Like, to me, no. like, that that spoke volumes. Yeah, no, I feel like people see more of what Brian does because his but that's how Brian shows love by protecting and providing for people. That's the only way that he kind of know those were kind of the only tools he had in his toolbox at the beginning where I can write a check for you and I can protect you from a bully kind of thing. See, I saw it differently. I always saw Justin giving, giving, giving. You know, like Justin was now the he, one. Yeah, he, okay. Um, but I'm glad you say that. Go ahead. Yeah, I always saw him give, give, give. Now, he couldn't give money, but he was always giving love. Right. He was always showing up. Mm-hmm. He was making that effort. I don't know how a 17-year-old was able to track him down, know all his whereabouts. Like, I knew knew where he was hanging out, yeah. where he was going to be, when he was going to be there. Justin knew, can yeah. get to the bottom like, of something. Yeah, we know for that. Real. Like, Just he, like he found out, he traced that voicemail back to a whole cancer diagnosis. Yeah, for real. Like, I mean, did his research. <laughs> like, I mean, the boy found out where the hospital was, who, what, what. I mean, the what, doctor. What that doctor yeah. specialized in, yeah. So, I mean, like. I always, and, and even that, that just shows him going above and beyond. He didn't have to do that. Right. He could have heard the message and be like, oh, okay. But no, he, he he didn't stop there. Those are the things I always saw Justin doing. And then with Brian, I always saw him, yes, I know he's always playing hard to get. Like, I never thought, oh, he hates this man or he's evil. Or he hates this kid or he's evil or anything like that. But I was just like, oh, he he's 
he's a tough cookie. That's why we said he's an onion. But they're both. But to see Brian, but as the seasons went on, we saw Brian do things like we getting saw the him computer. To match that. Yeah, yeah, match those things. Like I mean, getting the computer, taking him in after the bashing, walking through these streets. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, standing at the moving house. everything out yeah. of the loft. Let's recreate our dance. Yeah, so maybe that'll spark a memory. He didn't but, have to do any yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do none of that. Matter of fact, he didn't ask for the little seventeen year old to be latched on to him. Right. You know, he didn't even want to go to the prom. You yeah. know, like he didn't want to do any of that. So over the seasons, we start seeing him give back. Mm-hmm. I don't think necessarily it's always about writing a check or anything. Although no, I mean, he, he the, can. In the beginning, that's yeah. kind of all. But then he, I think he found himself doing things that were beyond that. And mm-hmm. they, and then it would be like, oh, I just, you know, he didn't really. <laughs> yeah. I th- I don't think he really understood why he was doing what he was doing. Right. And and so even though I do, I definitely feel like he fell in love with Justin early in season one. He didn't recognize what that was, mm-hmm. and he was. I don't think he had an explanation for. Why he still? Why he kept wanting him to come around? Why he was bothered by the fact that Justin was possibly going to go to college right. out of state? Yeah, and why you know, like it took him a while to realize, oh, these things probably mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. the little light bulb fire, it was flickering. Yeah, it was flickering, and then finally just ding. It, yeah, it hit. for sure. And yeah, but so I've always felt like there was more equality in that relationship than some other people say. And now I. I'm going to put these words out there, but I'm not going to. I don't know. So, Speak it up, girl. Okay. So I don't want to compare which relationship I think is stronger of all the relationships. Well, I think y'all already know which well, one I would pick anyway. We already know which relationship is the strongest. We know that Justin and Brian's relationship is the strongest. Um, they don't actually say the words that, oh, this is my husband. This is my lover. This is but. Their actions speak those, you know? Right. And I feel like they, they definitely... In the effort that they both yes, put into it constantly. They put a shit when ton of When it's like, there are a million things that have tried to tear that relationship apart. And not because it doesn't need to be together, but just because of how they are and where they are in life and just right the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And the fact that... And, and I can attest to this because I am so busy. It takes a lot of effort to still keep your relationship going. Yeah. Brian started a brand new business mm-hmm. that's huge, and he's telling millions of dollars um, in these accounts. Right. So, I mean, that's a lot of stress. That's a lot of time. And that all he's this is work. on him. On Even him. if he's got, I know he has hired the greatest staff. Yeah. But it all falls back on it him. It falls back on and him. And this company is not even six months old yet. No. Because it wasn't episode one where he started it. No, he was still and looking for a building in yeah, episode well, one. Yeah, well, he was, uh, two, no, he was still looking three. for a job. Yeah, remember? a job. Yeah, yeah. He have a job. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. So. And, so this ain't even six months old. And I mean, entrepreneurs will tell you those first couple of years. Yeah, it takes at least five. Yeah, it's very some stressful. Money. And yeah. it's all on your head, your mm-hmm. shoulders. And so, yeah, he's having to juggle all of that. So he has that. Um, plus, we find out he has the cancer thing. So he's juggling that. Now we know, we already know that Justin is w- writing a comic book. Yeah. He's working with people in Hollywood for the comic book. He's, he's back still working Yeah, back at school and still working at a diner. Mm-hmm. That's for damn jobs mm-hmm. at least you know what I'm saying minimal plus he got to still tend to his relationship you know right the fact that they always find time to be loving and cute. he's active in things too he's yes. active with GLC and junk like mm-hmm. that like he is he's forging his own life too his life isn't just being a barnacle attached to to Brian right he's trying to make his own life too where he wants those lives to work together mm-hmm. but yeah he's got stuff to do too but yeah he- but they find time mm-hmm. and they make it work mm-hmm. I think they're they are the strongest relationship mm-hmm. I mean period um, before them, I would have said Melanie and Lindsay just because I thought they had it all together. Yes, they're going to fight like cats mm, and dogs. You like that doctor yeah. that said they had a wonderful I know. Home. <laughs> that part, okay. Like, you don't know, if those walls could talk. If those walls could freaking talk. If Gus talk. would talk. Yeah, if Gus could talk, for real. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, but I, I am definitely going to say Brian and, and Justin. For yeah. sure, with the strongest. Yeah. Um, do you want Emmett in a relationship next season? Tell the people. Um, I mean, I think he he's he's owed that. Absolutely. I kind of, I mean, although Emmett is great on his own, and I think that he, I think it may be best that he's on his own, he's able to focus and help his friends because, damn, his friends got some issues. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I think he's able to help them a little more. But he deserves love, too. It was snatched from him with George. I mean, he mm-hmm. found that it was snatched. Okay, mm-hmm. like that was gone. Y'all know that was my favorite story arc. Like yeah. my favorite love. If that relationship was here, that would have been the strongest relationship right there. <laughs> That, and they would have beat Justin and Bryan's. Mm. But, uh, um, they would be pretty solid, Okay, though. neck they and neck. They would be, yeah. Neck and neck. But um, so that was snatched from that, you know. And then I was like, finally him and Ted, like, it, it was going smooth. So then, then that got snatched from him, you know. And then the whole Drew thing, I'm like, oh, my God, he's falling for this fine-ass, sexy-ass, good-looking, professional, <laughs> rich-ass. Like, oh, my God. Like, they're, <laughs> like they're making this shit happen. Yeah. And then, then he get a conscience and be like, nah, I can't do it no more. You know. <laughs> Darn that conscience. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, I want him to be with somebody. Emmett yeah. has a lot to offer. Yeah. yeah he does. Would Stick you like with. to see Emmett in a relationship or no? I kind of would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's time. Uh-huh. It's time. Like, I mean, he already did the, the shedding of the skin. We got the new Emmett already out here. Yeah. He's ready to let, you know, meet somebody. And then, you know, he's almost at that point where he is ready. It's time for some change. Time for something different. Yeah. Something new. Okay, so maybe somewhere in there y'all got something that you could piece together and make a recap <laughs> for season four. It was just so much going yeah, on in this season. It was. It yeah. was. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure we missed some things. Whatever we missed or didn't talk about that was y'all favorites of season four, I mean, you know. Let us know. Let us know, guys, because, you know, we like to keep it interactive. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, that, that'll that do it for me. That's going to have to, because, yeah. yeah, that's going to have to do it. That's all I can pull out today. That's all we got for y'all guys. <laughs> so that is our official season four recap. I hope you guys enjoyed everything as much as we did. And until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.